we will go. And hell, why not? We do the job well. Young and fresh. In the studio, we talk games, Arcade Weekly. I am one of your hosts, Wiggly. and back in the Trapdoor Mansion recording studio. And David. David Bruce Saba. Hey. Did you hear that that's your new name? Uh, sure, I'll take it. Just here to talk games, right? Let's talk games. We only talk games here. 100% game talk, 0% filler. We talk games. I'm not playing a zinger. What would you call it, David? A zinger? A loop? Well, it's not a loop because you don't talk over it. What would you call that? An intro? No, when I play when I play the zero percent. Uh, oh, a stinger? No, a stinger is when you when you hurt your neck. The stinger drop. Okay. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Do you know the pro wrestling? I used to. I have used to know. Yeah, it. not since I was a, a little kid. Okay, well that's good because it, it sucks. <laughs> No, it's made me a lot of good family over the years, and um, that's about it, and a lot of work. So today, we are going to do, uh, can you still hear yourself, David? I hear everything great. Great. Good, great. I can't hear it. I don't know why I'm wearing my headphones. (laughs) Ackham. Today, I decided, hey, let's take another request from David. (laughs) I guess he was spitballing, but I didn't know he was spitballing at the time. So we went with it, and we're doing P period O period W period, which prisoners happens, of yeah, war. Prisoners of war, which happens to stand for what it actually means. Yeah. Normally, you would think, okay, we want to make POW be an acronym for something because that's an acronym when something says something but it's also an abbreviation for something but it makes another word that's called an acronym indeed it's not called an abbreviation right like nasa that's an abbreviation you right. can say it it doesn't mean anything though right you might as well say yeah no but that wouldn't work you might as well say WCAG Flipglees, the We Talk Games Committee for Podcast Conformity and Listener Integration. <laughs> you might as well say RIT Team, Rosenstein's Information Technology and Enriched Elbow Macaroni. Those are abbreviations, although sometimes I do use RIP Team in a sentence like, oh, I sure got RIT Teamed up the ass, something like that. Today we're going to talk about POW by SNK, one of my favorite companies. Why? Because they're behind the Neo Geo, one of the greatest systems of all time. In fact, my second favorite video game system, but video game of all time as well. I'm changing again. This one, though, is... Uh, it's not a is, great game. No. No. In fact, uh, now, did you choose this because of nostalgia? I did. Yeah. So it's complete nostalgia. When I was a kid, I was probably about, I don't know eight years old when this came out. Yeah. Uh, my brother and I, we would uh, go with my mom to the supermarket, the ShopRite. Okay. And she would... ShopRite Superstore. ShopRite Superstore. Because wouldn't have the video games unless it was a Superstore. Right, yeah. And so right when you walked into ShopRite, there was an arcade cabinet uh, of POW. Uh-huh. And my mom, back then it was no big deal. You just leave your eight and seven-year-old sons off at the arcade in the front of the store, and yeah. then you just go and shop for 45 minutes and come back and pick up your kids. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so we sat there, and yeah. we would pour quarters into POW, and, and uh, we were <laughs> terrible. had to. I mean, we were, we were terrible. But, well, you uh, had to be. It's a terrible quarter muncher. It is. It's Awful. not a great game. Uh, but uh, I have fond memories of, of me and my brother, shout out to Paul, sitting there uh, playing POW while our mom got groceries. See, now my shop right which I would go to at midnight because the superstores were open all night and there would only be me and me. Uh, I would play NARC. Yeah. That to the end. 
And then I'd play Cyberball 2029. They had the two-player version of 2049. Minor of 2049 or my 20, Cyber? Anyway, Cyberball. It was the newer version, and it was a head-to-head. So the, the cabinet was like a wedge. It was like a triangle. It was a tetrahedron in shape and size and form and insides. It was sort of like a fourth-dimensional thing, but you looked at the screens, and you couldn't see the other players, so you could pick your own shots. Pick your shots, Flatfoot, and not have to worry about the other person seeing you. And Cyberball happens to be one of my favorite sports titles of all time. Sports ball. In fact, it's radioactive sports ball, and you only can diffuse it by getting over the 50-yard line and, of course, trying to score a touchdown. And you use robots. So robots of all different types and shapes and track feats and things like that. That is not what happens in POW, although I wish it was. Here's the weird thing about POW. Let's talk about POW, 1988. Let's get into a bit of making mechanics. I would say this fits in the holiday haymakers, but it really doesn't because you do an army stuff too. Yeah. This is more a summer of stink, actually. You've got an eight-way joystick. It's two-player simultaneously. Um, you've got three attack buttons, punch, kick, and jump. It's a vertical, right? It's horizontal. It's, it's oh, horizontal. It's horizontal. Yeah, it's okay. horizontal. And then there's some vertical components, but it's really mostly oh, horizontal. Oh, but I mean, the screen is horizontal. It is. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so yeah. I'm thinking of another title that's actually a vertical game. There's a black cat again. See, he's yeah. in back by the pond. Okay. So right off the bat, it's kind of, it's kind of funny. Um, the prisoners, both of them, mm-hmm. if you're playing two-player, they've got to stick a dynamite inside the jail cell. <laughs> and I want to know, how did they get it? I, I have no idea. The first thing that happens is you set off the, the stick of dynamite. There's a lot of prisoner and the door, of war stuff. Yeah, the door blows that, up and, and you escape. And, and it's a mad dash. There's so many things that are not prisoner of war in here. Yeah. yeah but then no. again, I mean, what are you going to do? Be sitting there starving, getting water right, poured right. on your head? No, you're in great, you're in fantastic shape. One punch, one kick usually kills the enemy. I guess the game would be chiller if it was actually what happens to a prisoner of war. Then you'd be playing chiller. Right. You walk around, you punch and kick people. Yes. Every now and then you can pick up a gun. That's the cool part is once you do pick up that gun, you're bringing a gun to a knife fight because very few enemies carry machine guns. And when you have one, you just obliterate everything on the screen. What I didn't know when I was a kid and what I know now as an adult playing this game. Yes. Is you can save bullets and just use that gun as sort of like a, a <laughs> yeah. club. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you can hit you people without, yeah, pistol whip people. And then you'll eventually pick up another machine gun and you'll replenish your bullets. So you can really carry that machine gun for large stretches. Well, I had a hard time putting it down. Yeah. That was my problem. Once I picked up the machine gun, started wreaking havoc <laughs> and still having to pump into quarters. This game cost me $175 to finish. I got to tell you that right now. So thanks a lot, buddy. But I know why you would play it on the NES, because on the NES, it's really easy. It is. The NES NES version of POW is terrible. It's way worse than the arcade version. Mm -hmm. The arcade is not a great arcade game, especially for an SNK uh, game, but yeah. the NES version, it's awful. I'm trying to think of Don't why. Pick it up. I'm trying to think of the differences. There were some differences that I noticed. Graphically, there's just drastic. <laughs> I mean, of graphically, yeah. POW for the NES is, is among the worst looking games out there. You know what? It's because you only have two buttons for the NES controller. They yeah. Worked, they worked the control in such a way that made the game a lot more pleasant to play, but... 
still, as you mentioned, not a great game. And here's what the shocking thing is before we get into the, the real roots of the making mechanic. The shocking thing to me is that this POW came out in 1988. And are you ready for this? Uh, two years earlier, in 1986, that's when we got our first Akari Warriors. Uh, a vastly superior game. So how the hell does SNK make Akari Warriors? And maybe they were even out. I didn't I didn't check, but maybe Akari Warriors 2 was already out because it normally takes you uh, one to two years of development to get a new game out. And I think they got up to like five on Akari Warriors. At one point, you were half the size of the screen. It was... <laughs> That was silly. But how could you come out with Akari Warriors for at least one or two uh, iterations and then come out with POW? I don't know what they were trying to compete with. The only other thing in 1988 that I could uh, think of was Bloody Wolf. Bloody Wolf by Daddy East. And I played the hell out of that for the uh, Turbo Graphics when that came out. Yeah, that was a great game for Turbo. And then also the Double Dragon series was out at the same time. Sure. So what year did Double Dragon come out? I think it came out in 87 or 88, just right at the same time. Oh, okay. Yeah. And that was Technos, right? If you're used to Double Dragon and you think, hey, I'll play something like Double Dragon, let me pick up POW, (laughs) lower your expectations. Yeah, that's Um, not what you... But feel free to play the arcade version of it because it's not that bad. Uh, uh, Of what? What isn't bad? I mean, it's, you know, a generic <laughs> double dragon. It's a generic double dragon. If you're in the mood to play that kind of a game, yes, it's not terrible. Yeah, it's Technos of Japan, Double Dragon 1980, and Taito. Taito published Taito, it, but yeah. it was developed by Technos. And, uh, 87. It, 1987. So Double Dragon was out already for a year, and SNK thought that this was going to compete with Double Dragon, maybe? I don't know. Double Dragon 2 actually came out at the same time that this came out, 1988. So So maybe this really was a direct alternative to playing Double Dragon 2, Mm, in which mm. case you made a horrible mistake. You did. You should have saved your quarter and your bullets. Yeah. I mean, it beats shopping at ShopRite. You think it does? Yeah, for sure. I don't know, because I would pick up... As an eight-year-old, I I definitely would sit there and play POW over shopping. That's right, 21. Green Beret is what I started to go with here. Uh, Actually, it was called Russian Attack in the United States. And when I was a salesman, boy, did I play a lot of Russian Attack instead of going on cold calls. Russian Attack, let's see, Gladiator. Did you hear about the Happy Trojan? No. He was Gladiator. 1985 was Green Beret. So that came out a long time before, and that's just a side-scroller. I just got that. Yeah, side scroller by Konami. I'm, if you know anything about me, coming in, yes, I got when Rob came with it. Oh, okay. And that was the selling point, Rob. Right. Hell, I don't want those stupid baby-looking Mario games. So I got the two best games ever to come out: Trojan, which is a uh, an early Capcom game. I think Capcom made that where you fall down the sewers a lot. Uh, it's very difficult to jump. Capcom had a lot of tr- trouble jumping in their early years of uh, game creations. And, of course, the one that everybody knows, one of the greatest games to ever come out for the NES Predator. So this was my impression of of the NES, was the arcade remake of Trojan and Predator and Rob the Robot stacking things. I like Rob the Robot. I still have him. He, he can look at the okay. television. He's got his pencil sharpener. Nice. He's ready to go. Yeah. And I got the Power Glove. A lot of people have the Power Glove. 
And they think, hey, look, I got the power glove. I'm wearing a power glove. <laughs> no, you don't have a power glove unless you got that erector set that went around your television. Then you might have the power glove. And, of course, the glove ball game that went with it. Don't tell you have the power glove when you just got a piece of cosplay, pretend, he-man gauntlet. That's what you got. <laughs> and you don't I have think my cousin had if that. Just, if he's just there. He had the power glove, and, and I yeah. remember playing it. Yeah. I definitely don't have it, it, though. You remember trying to play it? I remember trying to play it, yeah. <laughs> it had two IRs at the What front. was the other one that was a really bad accessory? The Super Scope? The Super Scope. Oh, no. Oh, whoa, whoa. Stand back, friend. You can't. Wait, wait, wait. I love the Super Scope. Hold up. You can't, because the gun really worked. The light gun worked. Light gun worked? The Super Scope was more difficult. Oh, no. It could it could get down to, I can't remember what, the, what I had. I was a Nintendo rep, so I think... I can't remember if it could do one pixel, but it definitely could do five pixels, which is a really odd number. And so it must have been one pixel because I must have just made up that number. But Super Scope, <laughs> you don't know how many Super Scopes I sold because of the, the Super Scope 5. Because it was five games on the single cartridge. Maybe you had a bad TV. I think you were Maybe. still using those round TVs. That's yes, the problem with you. definitely you was. You were using like one, like you used to watch the Jack Benny show when it was actually live. Those things are like 250 pounds to pick up. <laughs> they were. They're not even that big. I, They're just I had them extremely my, heavy. I would get all the old televisions that used to be in the living room in my room. It was fantastic to have the black and white TVs until I was, you know, a teenager. And even then I think I had black and white. I don't think I had a color TV until I was... Uh, Maybe working at, at the at the Kmart's so maybe when I was 15. Anyway, and it was a console television. Anyway. POW. <laughs> yeah. There's really not a lot to talk about. Well, there's a lot of repetitive enemies. Very repetitive. You don't pick up any new skills, which is no. um, which really separates Double Dragon from POW if you're going to compare the two. Both in the character portrayed and in your own gaming skill trying to play it. Yeah. You don't get good at this game. No. You just get more quarters out of your pocket. Yeah. The cutscenes are terrible, too. Really, really bad. Was there some bad English in that? or No, there was some bad English in Bloody Wolf, actually. Yeah. The possessive pronouns were incorrect. Well, this one, just graphically, the, the cutscenes are terrible. Yeah. Um, they didn't move. No. The soldiers you're fighting are poorly equipped. Like I said, you've got a machine gun, and you're going to go through a lot of enemies before you get another one who has a machine gun. There's no bosses in this game. Just kind of beat the level. There's a final guy. You don't even really know he's the final boss. He's just some bald guy with a goatee and a handgun. Yes. And you you dispatch of him fairly quickly, especially if you have a weapon. But aren't there things blocking him before you get to him? No, I can't recall. I can't I recall. This two weeks right, ago. right after you beat him, you have to crawl through the wall, and then you pop out the other side after you call for help. Um, and you're calling Snake. I don't know if that's a direct connection to mm. Metal Gear, um, but you call Snake to help you out, and then you crawl under that wall, and then you pop out, you beat some more enemies, and then a helicopter shows up out of nowhere, and, and you hop on. That's the end of the game. And that's how Bloody Wolf ends as well. You get in a helicopter, and if you only played a single player, you're like, hey, where the hell were you, other guy? And he's like, i sorry I wasn't there to help you. <laughs> so I want to talk a little bit more about Bloody Wolf instead. Yeah. Because uh, I played through it both, the arcade version and my TG-16 version, and surprisingly, unbelievably, the items that you pick up, I don't know how that this got through because this is one of the things that ruined the turbo in America. You asked me, why didn't the turbo do so well in America? And I just right. gave you a, one dumb answer, which was sports games for the Genesis. But mm -hmm. there were a lot more reasons. And 
one of the facts was it was so rad. When they advertised the Sega CD, uh, that was like every advertisement for the Turbo Graphics. It's so rad. Skateboards. Uh, I can neon. I can remember being um, very impressionable to those bonk advertisements and really wanting to play bonk and begging my parents to buy me a Turbo. But the price point was really the main detractor. It was so much more expensive than getting a Genesis or a Nintendo. Yeah, initially, initially it definitely was. And not only that, but when you got the just the core, core basic system, it was just a mono system. It didn't even have AV outs. You had to buy a special thing that went on the ass end of it to give you AV out. Otherwise, you're just going through the, the coax. And if you bought the AV out, which was, I don't know, between 30 and $60, and then you ended up getting the CD player, well, then you just had a something to throw at somebody's head because <laughs> it wasn't heavy enough to be a doorstop or a paperweight. So I guess you would just throw it at somebody's head like the special edition, limited edition Batarang that you got when you pre-ordered uh, Gotham City under Crush Rock, that new Batman. Where it was a plastic Batarang that was glued onto a block of wood like that fish that sang. Ah... Bloody Wolf, very funny, because when you shot the person, they would look up to heaven as in, why? <laughs> With their one hand going up and their other hand clutching their heart, which a blood stain was coming through. Kept in the game, there's a person that you fight that jumps in and out of the ocean that has a flamethrower. He's one of the bosses at the end. Each boss has, each boss has an end at his boss. Each, end has, each, each level has an ending boss in Bloody Wolf. Same year. And most of it's side-scrolling. There are some... <laughs> there are some parts where you go up, up into the screen. There's parts where you go underwater, like you actually press the jump button instead of jumping up. You go under the water and you see the shadow of your head. Kind of like Bayou Billy. We were going to talk about Bayou Billy, but it did not have an arcade equivalent. Yeah, right. So we'll have yeah. to do it as a what you've been playing lately, maybe. Bayou Billy is a really hard game. I love that game, but you need to spend a lot of time to master it. I wanted to do Tubin. Tubin. I thought Bayou Billy was in the arcade, but I was thinking of Granny and the Gators, which is actually a combo system of a mini pinball and an arcade game. And I, I can't remember if it had a light gun or not. Bayou Billy had light gun levels, it had driving levels, um, and it had like double dragon levels. Okay. It had everything. Okay. Well, maybe you'll talk about Bayou Billy and I'll talk about Granny and the Gators sure. if I could go find one to play. I wish somebody made a Grand Indigators for my virtual pinball table I built. Uh, they do make the Baby Pac-Man, which plays really, really well, and I really love to play it on the virtual pin. There were a couple uh, interesting things. There was one level where they say, hey, you're going to float down a, the river on this raft. You know, it's going to be better if you don't use your gun. You should just use your knife. Now, there's people shooting at you from the sides of the river. But then most people are trying to jump on the raft with you, and then you stab them. But at the end of that level, you get to the guy, and because you don't have your gun anymore, you only have your knife, you get to fight a giant steroid-infused jumping humper. Mm. One of the jumping humpers from Castlevania, you get to fight a jumping humper. It's one of these moments of the Indiana Jones. In a later level, you go against the jumping humper, but now you have your gun. And when the jumping humper goes to try to jump around like a nut, you shoot him once with your gun and he's dead. Whereas with the knife, he gets, you know, he can, he can take it. 
you can take a couple stabs. And by yeah. the way, in Bloody Wolf, you try to rescue the hostages. Some of them give you keys. And there's actually pieces of equipment that you pick up that are supposed to help you in some manner. I haven't figured out the manner, but they definitely fill some blocks up above your head. And one is uh, a rosary beads. You get the rosary bleeds. And for some reason, they kept that in the turbo version. They chop out the part in Splatterhouse where... Well, first of all, they took out where you're wearing a white mask. I understand that because they didn't want to get sued. Right. But it's just a freaking hockey mask and a jumpsuit. So they made it a red mask. But there's this one part in, that they changed in Splatterhouse for the Turbo Graphics, which is another reason I think that these things failed. It's where you go into this church and you're just sort of standing there and all the scary music is playing and you hear these noises and everything else. And you, just, you can't do anything except stand there for like what seems like five minutes watching nothing happen and it's because in the real version there's a crucifix up on the church uh, front area there in front of the pews and uh, i can't remember if that, that they it just flies around a little bit or if it turns upside down or whatever it does i, I can't recall but they took the crucifix off the wall you're in a church what do yeah. you think you're gonna find in there that's a very nintendo thing to do i didn't know that turbo did that sort they of thing did it all the time yeah Ugh. and but they didn't do it where this guy jumps out of the ocean, the river or whatever, and he does the flamethrower. When you finally kill him, he falls, falls back in, and then there's this pool of blood that comes up in the in the river. And you do get the crucifix uh, item from one of the, the people when you get a key, and who knows what you do there. In Bloody Wolf, you also climb over fences, and you do a lot of neat things, and one of the easiest bosses is actually the helicopter. Now, there's helicopters in POW, but you don't do anything with them. Yeah, you can't interact with them the way that you can in some of these other games like Bloody Wolf and and uh, Double Dragon. Um, duck Hunt. Yeah. I thought you were going to say that. <laughs> no. Enemies just pop out of them. Same thing. You'll have like trucks come up or tanks and the enemies just jump out. But you can't really interact with the uh, actual machinery. You know, another game that I absolutely love and I've talked about before uh, on this podcast is Guerrilla War. Yeah. And I love hopping in and out of tanks in Guerrilla War. And sure. And just blowing shit up. But unfortunately, you can't do that in POW because it's a really basic game. It is. It is <laughs> way too basic. What the hell was I talking about with Kyle last week? We talked about, for the Game Boy, Game Boy, we talked about, shit, I didn't update the Fortified Zone. And boy, was that a simple game. Oh, and you know what that reminds me of? Speaking about simple games, I was mentioning how... Booby Kids, when we talked about Booby Kids, mm-hmm. how it came out as Crater Maze for the Turbo Graphics and the, and the PC Engine. And I was wondering why it stunk so much because, like I said, there were a lot more parts in the arcade version of Booby Kids than there were in the home version. And indeed, there were. On the home version of Crater Maze, you only fight a green blobby alien and the red McDonald's hamburger, if you remember those hopping around type of things, yep. that alien, except he's all red. And those are the only enemies you fight. And you go to different stages. You go to the Shogun stage. You go to the mechanical stage. They don't, you don't even fight the robots. You just fight these two enemies, and that's they it. They just travel with you. Those are the only enemies mm-hmm. through the whole game. One of the things that you can do is you can pick up enough shovels that you could do the entire screen of shovels. And, and of course, it's set up horizontally instead of, uh, instead of vertically. But 
you see all the characters that you're supposed to be fighting, like the gangsters and the dinosaurs and the police officer, except I think they put like a piece of mail in the police officer's hand, like he's <laughs> supposed to be a mailman, like that's better. Now, you only get to yeah, see them fine. as they crisscross the screen to draw on your vertical line wipe to the game field. So you only see them after each stage completes, and then they draw the new screen on by walking past each other. But they're never in the game itself. And I found out why. It wasn't just an American thing, which I thought it was. And I mentioned Doryman uh, instead of Blue Blink when I was talking to, to Kyle. I should have mentioned Blue Blink, which is Blue Blink was an anime that was very much like uh, Super Mario Brothers 2 in America. Doryman, the blue guy? Doryman's the little blue walrusy yep. thing that can do something magical that I can't think of right now. <laughs> I can't. I have no idea. But that's what happened when they brought Booby Kids home. They made it Dory Omen, Dory Doryman. I call him mm-hmm. Doryman. I think it, maybe it's Dory Amen. No, it's Dory Amen. Yeah. And I have a lot of Dory Amen stuff. I just don't know why I don't look at his name. It's because he doesn't have that med alert bracelet. But you, uh, but that's what happened. So they made it a baby game, yeah. you know, for, for the home. And then it's the same, like, cut scenes. He's flying around in, a, in this space sled with his friends going through time. Right. But he doesn't, he only fights those two things. And so when he brought it to America, they put the Crater Maze guy back in. Crater Maze guy's friends in the cut scenes. But... Just made it Doraemon as far as gameplay goes and didn't do any of the fun stuff that you do in uh, Booby Booby Kids. Kids. And guess what they replaced the flamethrower with? A bubble gun. Of course. You shoot a bubble at the enemy and he gets encased in a bubble and he starts floating away. But you still bury him and his cross still comes up after you (laughs) bury him. So, you know, you tell me. It's just cartoon murder, though. You tell me. Devil's Crush, Devil's Crash. Greatest video pinball games ever of all time for TurboGrafx, Devil's Crush, they call it in America, Devil's Crash, they call it in Japan for PC Engine, I think. They took out the pentagrams that went around as just stars going around in, in, the, yeah. in the dump holes. They replaced that with a triangular-looking thing that also spins. Actually, it's like the Star of David, really. So they made everything stupider that they didn't need to change. How cool would that have been? If you had this satanic thing at home, because you're fighting the devil. What are you supposed to fight the devil with? The Star of David happening? No, it's supposed to be some evil stuff on there. You know, uh, you're fighting ghosts and paranormal things in Splatter House. You're you're splooshing enemies against the wall, and here it's supposed to be all flowers and daffodils. That is a hard game to pick up uh, for the NES. It only came out for the Famicom, and also. There's a PAL version, so I don't know which countries it came out in Europe, but it did come out in Europe. And that, no, 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 Devil's Crush. Oh, Devil's Crush. Okay, yep. okay. And it's uh, it's pricey to get a hold of. Okay, yep. it came out for the Genesis as well. Not as good. It's all it's like a wonky type of distorted squish screen, but it did have a few different types of bonus levels. Nonetheless, the biggest mistake I think was when when he released Bonk Two. Bonk 2, when he eats the first piece of meat, he turns into a skipping around, jovial, cross-dressing type of PC caveman. And he blows kisses. Now, listen, I played Stonewall, Trapdoor is the first 
band to reopen Stonewall in Allentown back to bands up. They were only track acts until that was shut down and Trapdoor opened it back up. And there's not one person that went to Stonewall, not one homosexual friend that I had uh, over my entire life. And remember, if you listen a long time, Trapdoor was called Trapdoor, the all gay band. But anyway, that's besides the point. There's no homosexual person I knew that wouldn't have run out to buy that system if they would have saw Bonk in his secondary transformation uh, stage. Then when he eats a third piece of meat, he turns to turn into Frankenstein's monster, and then he turns into this big, giant, double-boob-headed creature uh, when he's yeah. in his last stage, and he blows, blows fire. So leaving that out was a huge, huge mistake. When they brought J.J. and Jeff over, that was called Kato and Ken in Japan, based on a very funny comedy show, Kato and Ken, and in Kato and Ken game, they would bend down and they would fart on their enemies. Right. This this puff of tan smoke would come out of their butts and they'd fart on their, on their enemies. And uh, that's how you fought your enemies. And there was cross-dressing parts thing in there and, and everything as well. Well, when it came out as JJ and Jeff in here, they left in the Poopatross, which is this bird that dumps a swirly poop on your head before emojis came out. I mean, that would, that was controversial to me. I'd rather fart on somebody than get a... a swirly poop on the head but they made him bend over and they had a spray paint can and out of the front of the spray paint can instead of their butt they squatted over and they sprayed you with a spray paint can (laughs) with the same tan fart (laughs) so let me ask you this if you saw on a shelf a video game system where you fart it on your enemies what you're telling me you wouldn't buy that Uh, look Nintendo was even worse. They removed um, crosses out of The Legend of Zelda. Oh, right, uh, right, sure. They, they, uh, when... And, um, and Castlevania, of course. And too. Castlevania, of course. And then when, um, what was that fighting game? Not Street Fighter, the direct competitor for Street Fighter at the time. Mortal Kombat. Oh, Mortal Kombat. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. Mortal Kombat, You're Nintendo spit. completely, the Super Nintendo completely stripped that game yeah. of, of any blood. Yeah. The only system that really embraced that stuff was the Genesis. Yeah, but you had to put in the code. You had to put in the blood code. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's so sad that those games came out then instead of now. And, you know, even back then, there were legit studies about how violent video games had the reverse effect on, like, gang members and things like this. But it was was the whole... uh, Who was the vice president for Blowjob Betty? Who was... (laughs) um, Gore. Yeah. So what was his wife's name? Tipper Gore. Tipper yeah. Gore was a big, you know, she's a big advocate for musical lyrics, killing our kids and everything else. And, you know, Frank Zappa, and you know who else was a big champion of that? John Denver. John Denver was a big advocate for the self-regulation of uh, no-no words and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, hey, that's a POW. Don't play it. Oh, I forgot to mention two crude dudes, also known as Crude Busters, 1991 so that's after 1988, but that's another game that I would rather play over POW, and that game stinks too. <laughs> First one was Stink One. This one Stink Two. So if you had to rank them, oh, games that rank- came out, yeah, 1988, Double Dragon Two, number one, yeah, Bloody Wolf, number two, in 1988, yeah, and then a distant three POW. I've never played. Two crude dudes. I can't have a comment on that. It starts out so crude. Okay. And so dude. Okay. But then it quickly devolves into neither. Okay. 
it quickly devolves into, I just fell off this moving thing, and now I got to put in more quarters like I do in POW. There was a game that involved dinosaurs and Cadillacs. Sure. Back then. It's called it was... Dinosaurs and Cadillacs by Capcom. <laughs> yes. Really inventive. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's a fantastic game. That's right in the line of Alien versus Predator and, yep. and things like that. And by the way, that's another thing I wanted to mention. Let's not talk about POW as we haven't this whole episode. But <laughs> I was just listening to an old version of uh, We Talk Games, and you can find out everything so easily. Watch this. I'm going to show you something, David. You could either just type this right in, wetalkgames.com. Our name is our address. Or you can type in wetalkgames.com slash in the can. Or you could just go right on the front page and click on in the can. And right here is a live search of every single arcade game that we've ever reviewed. And if you want to go to Cadillacs, wait, we did review Cadillacs, Cadillacs and, Dinosaurs. and Dinosaurs, 1993 by Capcom. You can just start typing one letter. But what I wanted to talk about was Alien versus Predator, because that's the episode I listened to. It was Johnny Capcom and Kyle Von Kubik talking about Alien versus Predator. And they were both crapping on who would want to be the human. And I got to tell you. That's all I'd be. I, I, the only person I always am is, I can't remember what her name is, but she's the, the person I play all the time. So, yeah, you might want to be one of the two predators against aliens, but I got to tell you, the two predators kind of stink, and they can't pick up all the different guns that the people drop and things like that. So if we could redo that episode, we won't because it's far too common of a game. Did we ever review Punisher? No. Okay, good. Did we ever review POW? Let's see. <laughs> no, good. Uh, How about Gorilla War? Uh, I don't think so. No. Nope. I got to come back. I got to come back so we can talk about Gorilla War. Definitely. Yeah, let's do that. Very near and dear to my heart. We never talked about Akari Wars. We never talked about Bloody Wolf. Blood Brothers, we talked about by a Tad Corporation. Tad! Okay, everybody. Hey, thanks for listening. Go check out some of the other episodes we do where we actually talk about the game that we say we're <laughs> going to talk about. But there was actually nothing to talk about here. You walk around, you punch, it stinks. Get a machine gun, you can hold on to it. Controversy creates cash. And you can't let go. Yeah. But we did talk about a lot of other good arcades. It beats ShopRite. Find a ShopRite that sells an arcade you can't. Peace, love, and understanding. I hope that you like us. Bye-bye.